welcome to Worst Bestsellers, where we read about Judge Judy's ugly opinions, so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read Beauty Fades, Dumb is Forever, colon, The Making of a Happy Woman by Judge Judy Scheinlin. Joining us to discuss this depressing self-help book are authors and advice critics Kristen Meinzer and Jalenda Greenberg, who have just launched their new podcast based on their book by the same name, How to Be Fine. Their podcast aims to tell the truth behind wellness myths and uncover empty promises from the self-help world. Welcome back to Worst Bestsellers, Kristen and Jalenda. Thank you so much for having us back. We're so excited to be here. I don't know if we can top men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but <laughs> well, maybe yeah. we can. <laughs> I think it's I think it is going to be hard because this book was written by a woman and as we've just learned women are not great at at things anything well, stupid. really no. I think the main adjective she uses is stupid yeah stupid and dumb yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I am more depressed having read this book than I was before which is quite a statement from me <laughs> to be honest sorry. we are sorry no I know what you mean I feel like there's like an inherent sense or at least there was for me uh it was depressing plus disappointing because it is not what I expected from Judge Judy yes because with men are from Mars at least I expected that to be bad and it was bad and so right. I was like all right but with Judge Judy, before I got into it, I had like a brief moment where I was like, oh, yeah, like I maybe it'll be funny. Like she's kind of funny, right? Uh, nope. <laughs> and also you expect her to just like exude power in a way. She has this media empire. She's, you know, got tens of thousands of episodes of her show under her belt. She's the most syndicated show in the world. And what? Really? You're you're so powerful and and yet maybe you're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, I'm gonna take Judy on the people's court and sue her because <laughs> oh. I, I developed such bad whiplash from reading this book because it was just like so back and forth between something sort of like women empowering nonsense. And then immediately go into, but of course, like, we have to keep our husbands happy. And the best we can hope for is a husband who's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it was very, I, I didn't know very much about Judge Judy going into this aside from, you know, occasionally catching her in the background on when the television was on, when I was places and, you know, the kind of, like, cultural mythos around her. And I was not expecting to, like, go into this and read a book about how all women's problems are their own doing. And the only way to get rid of them and to be happy is to both sneakily, like, be better than men, but by never letting men know that you're better than them and also doing whatever a man's and if you're not doing what I don't it was it was bad it was a bad guys this was a bad book yeah yeah here's how to play the patriarchy yourself by being the patriarchy yeah 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 it was and just like the the just constant the constant putting down 
of disadvantaged women of yes. just every other line in this book is like, you know, yeah, there was this woman in my courtroom once and she was a drug addict and was a terrible mother. And all I could think was like, I can't believe you would do this to yourself. Every other line is talking about how like women play the victim. Women do this to themselves. Women, you know, can't get a job because they're lazy. Like women who are in a bad position are in a bad position because you know, it's not because of some like mystical sexism that or men that make them bad. It's because of their bad choices. And if they just made good choices. Yeah, women are where we are because we just like keep playing along with men who aren't good for us. But the way to get ahead is to play along with men and stop being so uptight. Yeah. yeah and, and that's yeah. why my neck hurts so bad. <laughs> from this. I, I will say halfway through this book, I Googled, is Judge Judy a turf? And <laughs> <laughs> yep, that probably sums up what it feels like to read this book. <laughs> but I, I have like good news and bad news. And the good news question mark is that Judge Judy, as far as I can tell, has never said anything at all about trans people in her life. And but she's definitely not a turf because she doesn't identify as a feminist, so she's not any kind of feminist, right. let alone a trans exclusionary. Feminist. Right, uh, right. Feminist—they're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this book, it, there's a set of ten rules of Judy's rules for being a happy woman. This book, by the way, is entirely directed at women. I don't think Judy thinks that a man would ever read a book written by a woman. <laughs> so it's the audience is like only women presumed i believe she says early on in the intro something about she wrote it for the women because those are all the stupid people who keep coming to her courtroom right that's, that's fair too <laughs> women who oh. let men take advantage of them exactly yeah. yes we're so dumb we gotta stop doing that yeah and it's so sad because dumb is forever mm. yeah mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. too bad about that. Yeah. So I can't fix it anyway. I'm just this stupid. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. So the rules, we'll, we'll go through the 10 rules, I guess, in order. Mm -hmm. And I will say half the rules don't make sense on their own. Like they're sort of like pithy little sayings or whatever, but they don't really. Well, and, you know, Kristen and Jill, you can speak to this. Half of them on their own are not really like actionable advice in any way. Right. So Judy's first rule is perhaps one of the most coherent of the rules. Don't crawl when you can fly. Yeah. And so, how, yeah, how did you guys interpret that one? So we said that if you have a talent, let it show. If you have skills, go ahead and excel. Stop worrying that you might come on too strong, be too aggressive, be not feminine enough. If a man's not interested in you, he's not the right man for you. From the bedroom to the boardroom, stop deferring to men. That's taken almost word for word from that chapter. Yeah. And and that, if it were just that, that's not terrible, I don't right. think. Uh, I, I think that that's the good part of it. And, and I will say this. Almost everything kind of starts off sounding like, oh, there's a good aspect to this. And then it's not anymore after you keep and reading. Then, and then it's not anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I should say, too, like, Judy, like, I do respect a lot of what she has achieved. Like, she talks about going to law school and not a lot of women did that and being, like, the first female judge in whatever circuit, like, and having to, like, put up with a ton of nasty sexist bullshit from men. And she just... 
thinks that she's one of those people who, you know, I think this kind of concept came up a lot when there was more talk about canceling student debt and people who are like, well, I had to pay my student loan. So why should you get yours canceled? And I think Judy's like, well, I had to suffer all of this sexism. So like, why should you get to avoid it? But it's like, why should men get to keep doing all of this, Judy, actually? And she just, like, will never get to the last step of it. Right, right. Sucks. Yeah. What's interesting about, like, don't crawl when you can fly is, like, you know, she makes some good points about, like, you know, don't play games, be yourself, be honest. But then a lot of like, don't crawl when you can fly isn't about like flexing your own skill sets or learning how to like lean into your strengths. It's about like how to get a man or what kind of man to get, you know, because she's also in the like, don't crawl when you can fly. She's just like, uh, you have to choose the perfect mate for the rest of your life for every single moment so be able to like preempt that and it's like what the fuck how what does that have to do with flying <laughs> uh, what a good question <laughs> yeah well and like later in the book there was an anecdote that really bummed me out and i don't even remember what rule it came from and i'm i'm sure it's on my notes but the anecdote is basically that she was as a as a lady judge eating lunch at a table full of men judges and some other judge came over and is like um excuse me little lady like you can't eat at this in this uh cafeteria it's only for judges and she was like oh excuse me i'm so sorry i'm just here to clean up and she like bust the table and left and then in her head she was like he 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 i tricked him and then like later the judge came and was like why didn't you tell me you were a judge like i was embarrassed by that and it's like I get, I guess, but also you did leave the lunch you were having and pretend to be a cleaning lady for a little while. Is that not crawling when you could have flown, Judy? Actually, <laughs> yeah, that seems like crawling yeah. to me. Yeah, she's literally like bending over the table and picking up stuff. I think that's not flying. Right. Well, and then she basically closes out the chapter, being like, "There are times to defer to men and times to not to, to defer." And it's like, but do what makes you happy. I'm like, so this is, is this about flying like low or flying with like male permission? Like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you, you don't have a high flight clearance. You can only fly, you know, 10 feet above the ground or something. I don't know. It has a lot of that stuff that we were talking about earlier where, you know, she talks about all of these women, all this like victim blaming nonsense where she talks about all these women who come on our show who are like, you know, oh, like, I, a man did this to me and a man wronged me. And she can't believe that a woman would let a man do that to her. So it's the woman's fault. And also opens the chapter with this, like, absurd anecdote about how when she was a child, she let boys feel her up. Yeah, because her cousin said she had to. And that was how you got boys to spend time with you. It was just everything about it was this like weird, sad, victim blamey, whatever, while also occasionally like having a good point about double standards. Yeah, but also perpetuating double standards. So. I, I just want to remind everybody here, the word judge is actually in her title. She's very judgy. She's yes. extremely judgy. Oh, she's right. very judgy. So she's going to do what she wants to do, and she's still going to put you down for doing the same thing. 
that's what a lot of this book is. It's like, well, I do this thing, but it's okay when I do it. But the rest of you stupid people doing it, scold, scold, scold. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, halfway through this, uh, talking about this rule, it occurred to me that it's potentially possible that some of our younger or international listeners don't know who Judge Judy is. Oh, and I if think they do. She's the number one most syndicated show in the world. <laughs> um, I think she tells us that in the book. She, yeah, no, she <laughs> is. And she like goes to the reality TV con- like convention. That's the word. Uh, j- just in case you don't know who she is, uh, she's a judge. Her name is Judy. And she has a she has a very popular syndicated the most popular syndicated TV show where like people can go and bring a a case to her like the People's Court or like Judge Joe Brown or like like any of those shows. I just I feel like now with like streaming and whatever like I feel like people don't have the occasion to just like accidentally watch Judge Judy anymore. Uh yeah, so. it's not like you're homesick from school and that's what's on TV. Yeah, you can watch something better now if you're homesick from school. (laughs) And the thing about all of these shows that I actually only learned as an adult is that none of the cases on Judge Judy or any of those shows, it's not actually like a legal court case anymore. You like sign a binding arbitration agreement or whatever. And then, you know, if you say like, oh, I'm suing my neighbor because he dented my car and then your neighbor's like, actually, no, I didn't. Like, you hit my car with a rock or whatever. Whoever wins the show pays your damages instead of, like, the neighbor who hit your car. Yeah. I didn't know that second part. Yeah. Yeah, that's why people agree to be on the show. Because even if they are found guilty, it's a small claims court situation. Even if they're found guilty, they don't even have to pay you. The show will pay you. Plus, they pay you an appearance fee. Yeah. And that's why you might crawl before a Judge Judy instead of flying to a real court. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we move on to rule two? Yes, please. Which is just a dick joke. What goes up must come down. Yes. And the way Jolenta and I understood this rule, um, we wrote this. Sex does not give women power over men, so don't behave as though it does. Treat your body like the temple it is and only let someone inside for the right reasons, not to win favor or avoid a fight. And if you're a teenage girl, remember, sex is stupid. Teenage boys are bad at sex, (laughs) and they won't take care of you if they knock you up or give you a disease. Again, almost everything taken word for word from the book. (sighs) Correct. So it's, it's like a mix of... It gets very like men are from Mars, women are from Venus-y too. Because she goes right into being like, women have sex like for intimacy and men have sex like to have sex. And they don't need to be in the mood. They just want to like bang it out. She opens the chapter with this joke that's written in dialogue between a boy and a girl. So I'll, I'll be the boy. I can hit a baseball 100 yards. Well, my mommy says I can cook dinner as good as an adult. Jesus. That's nothing. I can lift 25 pounds. My mommy says I'm the best tap dancer she ever saw. Boy, pointing to his crotch. My daddy says I'm better because I got one of these. Girl, pointing to her crotch. Well, my mommy says I got one of these. And with one of these, I can get as many of those as I want. And then Judy says, the joke is a bit dated now, but it was meant to be cute. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know it's a good joke when you have to explain all of it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, she's basically um you guys summed it up really well. Here's another mini quote I just want to read about the fact that sex does not give women power. <clears throat> How much power does a young woman like Monica Lewinsky have as a result of no. her affair with the president of the United States? Does she have more options or fewer? Does she have more legitimate opportunities or merely infamy? And it's like, oh, she's like so close to getting how this was like a bad abuse of power by the president. <laughs> but not but, close But enough. she doesn't get it. Not, not at yeah. all. Yeah. No. 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 But it's still her fault. Yes. Look yeah. at that dumb intern who decided to seduce the president. <laughs> and look what it got her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah this this is nasty this chapter it is and she also uses it to take a shot at pregnant teenagers Mm. (laughs) teenagers Mm -hmm. in general anyone who has sex and chooses to live with or spend time with a partner before marriage unless there's a deep emotional connection then it's okay like her daughter and her son-in-law Yeah, and this again was whiplash because her daughter and son-in-law were living together for a year before getting married, and then Judy basically, like, tricked them into getting married by saying, like, oh, well, if you're going to visit us and stay with us, your dad says you have to be married, but I'm a judge, so I'll marry you in the living room if you guys want, and then she does it. (laughs) Like, okay. Mm -hmm. She also takes a shot at unwed mother's celebrities who have children without getting married basically yeah it it is this one was bad this was a bad chapter with a lot of deeply sex negative deeply victim blaming (laughs) let's not forget judy let people touch her boobs to get ahead but somehow (laughs) ah yeah so she can do it well, and also just it's a lot about like we need to raise our girls right to stop like being so dumb anytime a teenage boy is like, gimme, gimme. And it's like, what about like, why don't we raise men like less in a rape culture? Yeah. Also, sometimes the girls are gimme, gimme. Sometimes. Yeah. I was, also, it. it implies women have <laughs> no sex drive and men are just like horny monsters that are essentially like different animals than women. Well, they're from Mars. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Judy definitely wrote this book from like Venus headquarters. It also, I I was infuriated too about how much this chapter made me angry because the idea that teenage girls should not have sex with teenage boys because teenage boys are bad at sex should be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> So hold on, who should teenage girls be having sex with instead? A much older adult men, because that's not that's, that's not, not allowed. gross at all. Like it <laughs> it should it should be hilarious, but everything about it is so terrible that I can't even find the humor in that concept. And I'm mad about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it was a pretty, it was one of the most straightforward victim blamey chapters. Well, now yeah. I'm wondering about Monica Lewinsky. So she followed the rules and did not have sex with a teenage boy. She had sex with the president. <laughs> but I love that she caught her. Ugh. A mention in this book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Judy herself, by the way, like, 
I look, I think it's fine to be divorced. I think that's what needs to happen for some people. But Judy w- divorced her first husband and then married Jerry Scheinlin and then got divorced from him and then spent a year without him and looked around and was like, actually, I guess that was the best man. Mm. Which, again, could be kind of funny, this idea that, like, oh, I guess all men are trash. And he was, like, the least trash man. Huh. But it it's it's pretty sad. There's only one good man in Judy's narrative, and she clearly idolizes him, her dad. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. her mom is trash, too. Her mom you can is tell trash. Judy just does not like her mom, but she only loves men, including, but mostly her dad. Yeah. And it's another disconnect where she's, like, so close to getting it. And she's like, I had the confidence to succeed and, like, stand up for myself because I had so much, like, love and support from my parents. But anyway, I don't know why all these other dumb bitches don't get it. And it's like – and actually, she does kind of get it because she's like, this is why you need to parent your kids like this so that they'll be cool like me. But if you didn't have parental support and you didn't have, you know – the financial support and whatever that judy had well sucks for you you dumb bitch like i hate it yeah yeah this one I, was bad this oh was no. a bad I, one now i feel bad because i just looked ahead and now i'm like oh no the next chapter is the most blame <laughs> <laughs> actually the rule for the next chapter is denial is a river in egypt once again a talking point that mm. doesn't really explain anything so jalenta or Kristen, if you would like to put it in your words that are her words yeah for this jalenta and i wrote women are master deniers they're the only creatures who can be covered in bruises and still think but he really loves me and the ones who see the truth often feel trapped don't be one of them have a profession and your own source of money. Doing so will set you free both financially and emotionally. Hmm. We made that sound way better than it is. It's not yeah. actually no. that nice. No. Because no. she's basically like, if you're in any sort of bad situation, you're in denial if you're not immediately extricating yourself and blaming yourself. Yeah. Like she's literally like from buying a dress that's two sizes too small to saying like he only does a little cocaine or he only hit me once. (laughs) Like what the fuck? And she basically then goes and says, again, men are the best because like her dad taught her well. Like men are far more unlikely to stay in an intolerable situation than women. And then women will stay in intolerable situations for any number of reasons, but primarily because they fear being alone. So mm-hmm. also, are they in denial or are they afraid of being alone? Yeah. Or do we happen to live in a society where the system is completely set up for men to be okay, <laughs> whether or not they're married or single, and that same is not true for women? Right. And then, but then here's a quote from this chapter. If the man you're with is threatened by your achievements or abilities, get out. That's good advice that yeah. doesn't mesh with a lot of the other advice she's thrown out here. Yeah, yeah, I no. like that advice. Every once in a while, every once in a while, like she has a nugget. Yeah, and there's stuff in here too about like not letting men control all your money that I think is good. That, I always think that's good. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. And I think that's one of the things she keeps getting close to getting right, and then she always mm-hmm. kind of derails herself. But yeah, it is way easier to extricate yourself from an unhappy or abusive situation if you have the money to do so. So I think she's right about that, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into having enough money um, 
and not everyone has it at the moment they realize they're in an abusive situation. So we can't all time travel, Judy. We can't all do that. Mm. And I mean, I know this book was written in 1999, but in today, 2023, just having a job, even a full-time job, does not maybe mean that you'll have enough money to debt-free hire a divorce divorce lawyer, like right. move out, take care of your kids, do all the things that you need to do. That's more because of capitalism and how fucked up our society is and not necessarily Judy's fault. And it was probably very different in 1999, but... It wasn't, though. I was alive then. <laughs> I mean, I was too, but I, well, I, I was... I was in, like, eighth grade. Everyone's parents were getting divorced. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, like, that's right before the dot-com bust. That's mm. also, like, mm. less than 10 years before the Great Recession, where half of us were unemployed. Like, it's not fear of being alone that might yeah. be holding people in shitty situations yeah. it's it's often economic uh yeah it's often economic reasons and judy seems to get that but doesn't seem to get that it's not it's not the victim's fault if that happens right 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 <laughs> like you can do everything right in her eyes and still have these things happen to you where she's like quit being dumb <laughs> oh. <laughs> god this bitch all right. The next rule is master the game, then play it. All right. For this rule, we took this away. If you want to succeed in the workplace, learn the rules and play the game better than men. Be prepared. Make yourself indispensable. Be willing to take risks and change careers. Have a sense of humor and stop being so easily offended. Not every guy's juvenile jokes are sexual harassment. There's so much to unpack in this chapter. Just be cool. I'm just joking about your tits. God, stop being so sensitive. Yeah. It's like this is another one where the just the contradictions between the dichotomy of what she's saying. Like in one section, she talks about how you really need to like bust up the inequities between men and women. Like, you know, when women act a certain way, like the same way that men do, you know, men are praised for it and women aren't. And like, you know, you really need to use like your brain to like go after what you want. And then in like literally the next section is like, oh, but also you should do anything anyone asks to make yourself indispensable, even if it's outside of your job description, because then you'll always have a job. So it's just do things like a man would do them to prove that but actually also just defer to everyone all the time like I mm, right well it's mm. like don't worry about being liked who cares if you're called a bitch but also you need to know that like men aren't dealing with women who take control so you have to let them feel in control <laughs> it's like well am I a bitch or can I let them feel in control do I have to be both like do what you need to do to get the job done like be a boss ass bitch also once i fired someone because i thought that she wasn't deferential enough when making appointments for me yeah oh god <laughs> can you imagine working for her oh no oh, oh no yeah, there is also something in here about how she keeps a Hoover file as in J. Edgar and basically just like is prepared to blackmail people at any time. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. She's like, just, just a massive detailed shit list full of receipts. <laughs> yeah. Also somebody who like really infringed on people's privacy and human rights. So yeah, yeah that's oh, yeah. a good person to compare yourself to. Yeah. 
And we also get to delve deep into her opinions on sexual harassment, which are largely that women are so sensitive these days. It's just a joke. God. Oh, yeah. Like, not just something offensive isn't worth a lawsuit all the time. Like, ladies, you're so uptight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one sucked. You know what? They all sucked. But they- <laughs> right. I know. I was like, oh, this one. So shitty and victim blamey. The next chapter is You're the Trunk of the Tree. All right. We said for this one, be responsible for nourishing your own roots so you can bloom. Rest when you need to. Have lunch with a friend. Let your man feed himself. And take care of your appearance in a way that makes you feel confident. In Judy's case, that means waking up before her husband each day and putting on lipstick so he never sees her in a way she doesn't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does yeah. that even mean? So you have to look pretty for yourself, not for anyone else's expectations. But... Her version of looking pretty for herself is so her husband doesn't see her a certain way. Yeah. Yep. And that I had such high hopes for, I don't know why I thought that I should have high hopes for any of this uh, for the beginning of that section, because she starts off by saying something like, you know, it's not, you shouldn't always worry about like societal beauty expectations you shouldn't like try to look some way because that's what you know the fashion industry says like the reason that you want to look your best is because you want to look the way that'll make you feel your best and feeling you feeling like you're at your best is what's really important and then goes on to talk about how yeah like she doesn't like her husband to see her if she's not like wearing like a full dress and makeup and you know goes into like yeah like if you're home in the house by yourself like you should put on makeup and jewelry and nice clothes because you should always be prepared to be i just hated it and i say that as a person who works from home and gets dressed and wears makeup and jewelry every day like every day i wake up and go into my home office fully dressed with jewelry and makeup but that's for adhd reasons it's not (laughs) (laughs) oh you know what judy thinks of adhd though i I do fucking know what judy thinks of both depression and adhd and i loved it i loved it (laughs) (laughs) uh if you couldn't guess it's not real, and you don't need to take medication for it. <laughs> yeah. It's what Judy thinks. You're lazy and want a quick fix. Yeah, and, and everybody has bad days sometimes, but you just got to, like, get up and keep on oppressing your peers. Yeah. And parents, <laughs> if you don't like how your kids are behaving, ADHD drugs are not the solution. Nope. Nope. No. It's the parents' fault, in this case, for giving their kids the medicine in the first place. Yep. Um, the, the trunk of the tree stuff, by the way, I think it lit like the tree trunk is literally like the emotional labor that in Judy's mind, only women do to like keep households running. And that is like an, an issue that many, um, people have written about that, like, even in like heterosexual married couples where the husband thinks he's progressive, like women tend to do more of the like scheduling and childcare stuff. And it's like never, truly in equal load because women will just like pick up the slack but judy is like and that's great 
And like, and that's yeah, what women are for. And we're good at it. Dress for it. <laughs> I love the yeah. assumption that we're always cooking for our men too. Like ladies, mm-hmm. maybe once in a while, don't cook for your man. Let him feed himself. Like just, that part makes me so mad. The assumption that of course I'm always feeding my man. My man is a grown up. He can feed himself. Yeah. I did like Judy actually says that because she's so successful now, she doesn't cook and they only get takeout. And I was like, that's good, I guess. <laughs> uh, another thing that I, there's a part where she went shopping with her friend and like bought herself a fancy diamond ring. And then she came home and like showed her husband and he was like, good for you. And she says, that's what I love about Jerry. He knows he's not adept at the intramarital nurturing touches, but he wants me to be nurtured even if I have to do it myself. So Jerry supports you in spending the money that you earned by being a very <laughs> successful like TV judge unduly for yourself. Like, yeah. what, a, what a man. He you filling your own tank and him not lifting a finger. Yeah. He's Total so mensch. Yeah. You can see why she married him twice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing I did learn from this, uh, I definitely had heard of pablum at like the phrase like to describe like boring or bland things. But she wrote it with a capital P. So then I Googled it because I was like, wait, why is it capital P? I don't know. Did you guys know it it was it's a defunct brand of baby food? I didn't know that. No, I did not. No. So I learned something from this book, and now <laughs> that's one piece of information I don't find offensive. Yeah. <laughs> history, culinary history. Once there was a brand of baby food that now isn't. Yeah, but the the name survives in in a term for something bland. So maybe that's why I went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another quote from this chapter. I tell women to love themselves, to respect themselves, and to demand respect from others. And that would be great, but she doesn't do that. <laughs> she does not do that. <laughs> I'm like, if you respect these women, why do you keep calling them stupid? She tells them to manipulate them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it's like, even... Um... I know I just keep saying nonsense because it's I I just felt a deep abiding hatred as I read this. I would have rather been doing literally anything else with my time. <laughs> and I I don't know. So this book for whatever reason is Oh, cuz it's cuz it's old and bad. It was not available as an ebook and it was not available as an audiobook. So I had to read a paper copy with my hands. So it's also hard to tell how much of reading a paper copy with my eyes added a layer of like seething hatred to this entire endeavor i mean like i pretty much always prefer to read books in print and i fucking hated this so i don't don't know about that um the next chapter the next rule is you can't teach the bull to dance you can't teach the bull to dance all right don't spend your precious life trying to force your mate to change. He can't and he won't. You'll only increase your own level of irritation. Instead, make a mental short list of what's important. Fight over those items, not the minutia. Look at the good things and accept that love is never a 50-50 deal. Yeah, and yet you should change to adapt right. to your partner, but don't expect him to change. Yeah, a big section of this chapter is like, 
when I first got married, I thought that maybe Jerry would do some chores, but then he did the chores bad. So yeah. I just do all the chores and that's how it goes. She also, I like this. I sometimes joke that within the family structure, what men do best is breathe. They inhale and they exhale. Like that's the bar she sets for men while women, anything that happens ever that's negative, it's your fault because you're probably being dumb. And the other half of that quote about men breathing, she concludes with male bashing. No truth. Women do everything. Right. Because women are stupid. She forgot that (laughs) sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Women, we're so dumb. Look at us picking up all the slack when we shouldn't. Here's another real depressing quote from this chapter. If you expect your man to understand your every subtle emotional turn and to always treat you as a completely equal partner, if you expect him to empathize when you're having a particularly nasty bout of PMS, cramps, hot flashes, menopause, or the thousand other little hells only women are prone to, you will end up feeling frustrated, disappointed, and unhappy. Like, hey, hey, Judy. I would expect that. I I actually do expect um, empathy and for my partner to consider me an equal. I do expect it. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like the bare minimum. Yeah. It just... Empathy, I'm an equal. Yeah. I'm not asking you to be a certain height or make a certain amount of money. I'm just like, yeah, I'm an equal and there's empathy here. Yeah, and like obviously it never once occurs to Judy that maybe a woman might date another woman. Oh yeah, no. There are only heterosexual relationships here. Yes. I yeah. was about to say, like, I know the heteronormative gender binary is a drug, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> like the, oof. and it's like I feel like even in some of the other very gendery books that we've read, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gendery derogatory, <laughs> I should say, <laughs> books that we've read, like there's usually like a passing, like, oh, and also there are gay people, but whatever. Like, this does not even really express that queer people might exist somewhere in the yeah. world. I don't think Judy's ever met a queer person before. I don't Mm. think she knows we exist. Maybe she just thinks straight women are dumb. And so this book isn't. Uh, I was going to say maybe the only women who have problems are the ones in straight relationships, but that's giving her like a lot of benefit of the doubt. I think it doesn't fit into her very narrow worldview that's very, you know, binary. I I will say, I don't have a lot of the problems that the women in this book seem to have, but I do certainly have many other problems. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, fake ones. You're a woman. And I'm stupid, so. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, she definitely does know queer people exist because she is friends with RuPaul. Oh, right. And I think that, and RuPaul, like, idolizes Judge Judy. And I think that these two people are alike in in a really critical and bad way, which is I think that they are both people who have, like, reached their certain level of success and then taken from it the lesson that, like, well, if I can do it, 
anyone can do it. And if they're not doing it, it's because they're lazy. And I think that RuPaul is someone who's been a little bit more open to changing his mind, or at least like it's worse for his brand to not look like he's changing his mind (laughs) than it is for Judy. Like I look, I'm a big fan of RuPaul's drag race. I think RuPaul's like a great entertainer and like undeniable, but you know, has been slow to openly accept trans people has been like not the most progressive right person Needs some pushing to yeah to for grow. being like a queer black drag queen he's like weirdly conservative on a lot of things and so i'm like i get i get what you and judy have in common for sure <laughs> um anyway fit yeah speaking of which rule seven is failure doesn't build character what what (laughs) (laughs) all right don't fucking do it came up with that idea was an idiot success builds character if we want the next generation of girls to have self-esteem we need to give them opportunities to shine find out what their gifts are and nourish them expect effort not straight a's Don't assume every high-spirited child needs ADHD drugs and see each child as her own unique person, not an extension of you. I just... This was where I had to take a little break from this book. This is the one where she basically just glorifies, like, her upbringing, too, right? Yeah. Where she's like, I was raised perfectly. Why aren't more people like that? And it's like, what? I... Yeah, my notes say in all caps, I hate you, Judy. Um, (laughs) They also say, even this is a quote from her, even though some children are able to survive and thrive despite third-rate parenting, perhaps because of some indefinable genetic quality, why should anyone take the chance? And the debate over whether nature or nurture makes a person who she is, I vote for nurture. Right. Like, again, like she's constantly almost getting it that some people have like more advantages and privileges than others, such as herself. Just runs right past the point. She sees the point and she acknowledges the point and then she just keeps going. And then she attributes the point to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. This was this was the chapter where she delved deep into how all of these illnesses that children are diagnosed with these days are all made up to sell drugs and that you shouldn't medicate your children and it ruins everyone's lives and makes them into monsters who set fires in elevators. It's it's bad is bad. And this was the point where I was like, you know what? I have less than 24 hours left to finish this book, but I got to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, it, and and I think really like the rule is confusing too, because I think what she's really trying to say more of is like, support your children, which like, I agree Right. She's like, help them thrive and figure out what they're good at and like what makes them unique. Because like failures are for for losers and only success builds real characters. So steer them towards like what they'd already be good at. Sort of. Which is nice. But what if you're the kid whose parents didn't do that for you? Right. Well, and also 
yeah, like I think you do build character from like failing at something and then learning that you know you need to practice to get better at something or like you know maybe you were trying to ski and skis or she's i don't know how to ski she talks about skiing (laughs) you know like whatever um maybe like you weren't properly prepared but you can try again and like grow from it and that's i think important and not something that judy is like interested in yeah i mean i think it's like a lot of these little token sayings is that like you can make a good argument for it either way like I could see kind of at the beginning that she tells an anecdote about how she was in dance class and she wasn't graceful and she wasn't good at it and she didn't like it and so her parents let her quit and focus on things that she liked to do instead and that like being in that class didn't make her feel good it didn't make her a better person and she's glad her parents didn't make her stick it out thinking that failure would build character but rather Mm -hmm. let her focus on the things that she liked and you know once again there's a grain of like yeah like that's we shouldn't make our kids suffer through things that are making them miserable because we think it'll make them build character we should let them pursue things that make them feel good about themselves but then as usual she just keeps going and goes into how medicating your children is the easy cheap way out and bad for them yeah you know we're all a bunch of helicopter parents who make things i don't know is all is well, we also make things too easy and like it's it's confusing. Also, like the sort of case study she gives about like why you should take kids off of drugs involves a, a young boy, as she puts it. Oh, a 12 year old boy appearing before her on arson charge. He was on medication that he'd been on since he was two years old with negligible follow up. Like, and so when weaned off of them, the fog lifted and he began to thrive. Like, negligible follow-up on on medication is more of an issue than the medication itself, I would believe. But that's her example for why, like, medicating children is bad, not, like, why, you know, we need to you know, medicate them properly. Yeah, why our social system is so broken, social welfare system is so broken, and we need to have more social workers and child psychiatrists who are able to... Nope. Yeah. It might be a structural issue. Nope. It's because women are stupid. Um, also because, quote, the lyrics of many songs are filled with violence, profanity, and disrespect for women. That's also part of the problem, guys. Yeah, and that's only in 1999. That was never in music before then. Nope. Mm -hmm. And literally, she's uh, like, music was better in my day. Remember the Aretha Franklin spelled out respect? Like, and I'm like, yeah, like my mom says that too, Judy. Like, she misses disco too. There was a lot of music that was gross and objectifying of women way back then too, Judy, though. Come on. Right. Well, let's embrace the eighth rule. Letting go is half the fun. Now, Jolenta and I skipped this rule because it was almost entirely about parenting, when to have children, how to treat those children, um, family planning stuff. And so Jolenta and I are like, we're not going to do family planning and have a baby just for this episode of the show. No, 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 no. Especially not by her rules. But we can read what the little book thing says. 
It's a wonderful and fulfill- it's wonderful and fulfilling to have children, to watch them grow and learn. But parenting is something like spinning a top. If you wind it up to full speed and keep hanging on, it will never spin freely. Don't live your life through your children. If you want them to prosper, you have to let them go at full speed. And if you want to be content, you have to live your life for you. And this was another one that there's like, you know, a grain of good advice in here. You do have to let your kids live their own lives. You do have to step out when Mm -hmm. it reaches a point. You know, there's even, and it's funny because she means it in a petty way, but it actually, I feel like is good advice that like practice in a mirror, not reacting to like things that your children say that you disagree with. And she's saying it in like a and if you keep having non-reactions they're clearly saying these things to get a rise out of you and when you don't react they'll be so mad but really perhaps not going off the handle anytime your children make a decision that is not the decision you made is something you should practice in your everyday life but not in order to later pick a fight and feel superior to them (laughs) yeah Maybe we should just let them be people. But people are stupid, especially girls. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also, I like how she talks about letting go eventually. But she's also like, you have to let go, like, when your kids are little, too. Not let go of them, but, like, take care of you and live for you. Where it's like, my kids didn't like my career when they were younger. I wasn't available to them like lots of moms. And, like... But I was leaning into me and like letting me go. And it's like, I. But she's not good at letting go. Didn't she force her adult child to get married in her house? Like, it's like. Right. Yeah. But then she's like super overbearing and controlling of her adult children. Yeah. One of the one quote from this chapter that I don't think Judy has followed for a second in her life is unless you're asked for an opinion, don't offer one. like uh, often good advice to follow i don't know if judy's doing it but i don't believe that she does that with her kids or anybody else but (laughs) yeah yeah. maybe maybe with men oh yeah with her her dad and with jerry yeah yeah This book was bad. I know I've said that a hundred times, but it's because I felt it in my soul. It's been really a while was. since we have one that I felt in my soul like this. Yeah. We're here to we're, we're here to help you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the next one, rule number nine, you can be the hero of your own story. All right. At every age, you have the opportunity to star in your own adventure. Being 50 can be fabulous, 60 sensational. Every age offers something you didn't have before. Just remember, the story of your life is about one thing only, you. What you make of it, alone or with a partner, with children or childless, pretty or plain, wealthy or middle class, will be the tale that's written. It's your choice how the story ends. There was actually some stuff in here that I did like. Um, of course, she makes it weird and gendery and sexist where she talks about like, you know, she knows these widows who don't or, or you know, young women who have yet to be married, who like won't fix up their house or like won't buy like good china or won't, you know, get like 
nice a nice couch that they want because they're waiting to get married and they're afraid that their future husbands will not like their choices or that they'll be moving out soon to live with their future husbands so it doesn't matter which is i am i am a big believer in the like do do it because you want to not don't wait for a special occasion mm-hmm. kind of philosophy so i do like that i don't love the the gender stuff she throws in there for it yeah i don't think she's worried about men doing that only women do that right right no and she explicitly is like you know women will do this but do you think a man is sitting around doing that no although actually like a lot of single straight men i think are just sleeping on mattresses on the floor without furniture but that's fine if that's what they want to do yeah but um it's not a problem when men do it, you know? That's, yeah. That's that's a woman problem. Yeah. Um, she also demonstrates a, a faulty understanding of reincarnation because she <laughs> says, unless you believe in reincarnation, this is your one shot. And then parentheses, even if you believe in reincarnation, you could come back as a squirrel or a lemming. So this is still your one shot. But like, <laughs> uh, yeah, Duarte. Yeah. I get it. hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and first of all i dream about coming back as a cat all the time i think that would be great um maybe maybe he's he's judy's dad coming to scold us for talking so much shit oh no <laughs> reincarnated um but anyway if you did reincarnate as a squirrel then you come back again and that's like the point of it like your last one's not gonna be squirrel that's not how it works anyway yeah. that's not so. your one shot the squirrel is another shot and then another shot, and then another shot. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm I'm looking at the back of the book now, and I'm realizing there's a discrepancy because on the back of the book it lists her ten rules, and we're like off by one according to the back of the book because that lists rule number ten as you can be the hero of your own story, and the back of the book says that the first lesson is beauty fades dumbest forever, which is the title, but that's not how the chapter numbering works. And the yeah. chapter has a 10th rule, which is a final word, do not abdicate, which is not what this book is about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. How did you guys handle the rules? Did you, which list of 10 did you go with? So what we ended up doing is we did what the back cover said and we created our step one, beauty fades, dumb as forever as rule number one when we yeah. laid out the rules. Because we're like, well... Anyone picking up this book is going to see that that's rule number one. So let's do that. So for step one, we said, beauty fades, dumb as forever. A gorgeous model will someday become a former model. But if you've got brains, drive, and personality, you'll never be a former anything. You'll always be the (laughs) one great you. So build a solid foundation from within. Learn to be self-reliant. Acknowledge your wants and needs. And accept that even when you're being true to yourself, not every day is going to be happy. Yeah. That seems reasonable. Yeah. But um, because of that confusion with the numbering, we also were like, hold on, is the final thought actually a rule or is that just a final thought? Yeah. I think it's honestly just like a joke about her husband because she's like, my husband's written a book about DNA and now I have two because DNA stands for do not abdicate and that's my rule for life. But it's like this whole book is about how you abdicate to men like all the time, actually. So 
It's about how and when you choose to abdicate <laughs> and like telling us how to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. But it must have just been a joke she wanted to get in there. Maybe she had a word count to hit. Who knows? Yeah. But even with the word count, this book is super short and the print yes. is so large. The print is very like, what is that, 14 font or something? Yeah. yeah when big... it came, I opened it up and said to my roommate, like, oh, this is the book that I have to read. I think it's written for children and showed her the inside of it. (laughs) It's less than 200 pages long and there's about 50 words per page. Yeah. So Kristen and Jalenda, how did your life go trying to live by this book Mm -hmm. when you covered it? It was erratic. It It was exactly what you would think. One minute I was like telling my partner like I don't need you like just know that and he's like oh okay and then the other minute I'm like hey let's like hang out I'm gonna use my feminine wiles to get something from you it was just and it left my partner confused and me feeling uh talked down to (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In my household, it kind of threw the dynamic off because according to Judge Judy, my husband is a woman and he <laughs> he does want to cook me all my meals and take care of things. And he wants to be the trunk of the tree. And meanwhile, I'm trying to not let him do that stuff. And uh, <laughs> and he didn't really like that. He, he, he wants to be a woman, I guess. Yeah. Wow, that's dumb. well kudos to you guys for doing it and people um if if you haven't listened to uh by the book their their book well their former book podcast let's go back and listen to that one listen to their new one there's a lot of christian content by the way so if you look up how to be fine um how to be fine has only been around for a month or so and uh, prior to that, every episode of Buy the Book is in our feed, so you can hear firsthand how this affected our marriages and our lives <laughs> and our work and our happiness. You can find it all there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you should you should look into that. And uh, now we're going to look into dramatic readings and just give you all some some little taste of Judge Judy's wisdom, I guess. Yes, and I am going to start, but first I'm going to give you a little bit of a local civics lesson. If you're unaware, in the state of New Jersey, it is illegal to pump your own gas. Every gas station in New Jersey is full service. No, you don't have to tip them unless it's like really, really gross out and you like feel bad about it. But I, having grown up in New Jersey, did not know how to pump my own gas uh, until I was in college when I did... When I did make a man go with me to the gas station. <laughs> oh. same, same thing happened to me. I grew up in Oregon, the only other state where it's illegal to pump your own gas. Wow. I did I did make my friend Steven come with me to the gas station uh, when I was in college in New York State to teach me how to pump gas. So I did um, relate to this section where Judy talks about uh gas pumping so here here's a little bit about it in the category of mundane i'll give you a simple example for years when the needle of my car's gas tank neared empty i pulled into a gas station and said to the attendant 
Please fill it up with premium. Thank you. He'd top off the tank, kick the tires, check the oil, wash the windows, and I'd be on my way. Then came the world of self-service. After a lifetime of service with a smile, they now expected me to pump my own gas. Initially, I resist it. It wasn't that I was a princess afraid of getting my hands dirty, although I didn't relish the thought of wearing Eau de Premium as my scent. My problem was that I was intimidated by the whole process. The gas pump was like a high-tech alien. Which buttons did you push? How did you stop it? What was the secret of hauling the snake-like pump from its pedestal and affixing it to the little hole in the side of the vehicle? I always felt like there was a distinct possibility that more gasoline would end up on me than in my car's gas tank. So I would drive for miles out of my way to find a full service station. And when that didn't work, I would arrange to get gas only when I was with my husband, Jerry. One day, the inevitable happened. It was just me, the car, and the self-serve gasoline pump. And I did it. The freedom, the power, the control I felt. I was free from any male tyranny. I could pump my own gas. By the way, premium gas? This bitch is fancy. (laughs) (laughs) She's like a trillionaire. She can afford it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Stephen, if you're out there for being the tyrannical male who freed me from male tyranny and taught me how to pump my own gas. Wow. An icon for our times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, Kristen's up next with some some other advice from Judy. Yes, this is from the chapter, You're the Trunk of the Tree, page 112. If the tree turns brown and dies, does it blame the branches? Of course not, but you'd never know it from listening to the machinations I hear in court. My experience on the bench could be summed up as 1,001 excuses. Excuses are the bread and butter of court life. For example... I robbed a store because my mother didn't love me. I had a baby out of wedlock because I'm disadvantaged. I let him abuse me because I was trapped. I can't find a job because of discrimination. I know that this view is controversial, but I believe victims are self-made. They aren't born. They aren't created by circumstance. There are many, many poor, disadvantaged people who had terrible parents and suffered great hardships who do just fine. Some even rise to the level of greatness. You are responsible for nurturing your roots, for blooming. No one can take that away from you. If you decide to be a victim, the destruction of your life will be by your own hand. All right. So hold on. Am I supposed to be a victim or not? What is she saying? Oh, God. Just mainly just don't abdicate, I think. All right, Jalenta, what have what would you like for us to know about Judy and her wisdom? I'd like to read a section from uh, Master the Game, Then Play It. Fun and Games. The climate in many companies today has been somewhat grim because of the proliferation of sexual harassment suits. I'm not denigrating real episodes of sexual harassment, but so much of what is now being called sexual harassment isn't sexual harassment. In Yiddish, it's called kibitzing, kidding around. If you're walking the halls of your company with your sexual harassment radar ready to beep at any lapse of decorum, you aren't ready to play in the real world. Let's face it, the male sense of humor finds funny all that is basically 
scatological, meaning that the majority of male workplace humor is zoned in either bathroom jokes or sex jokes. There is occasional ogling and cracks to deal with as well. They're boys. You're a girl. Just pretend they haven't gotten out of junior high yet, and you'll begin to get the idea. You can't handle junior high humor? Don't get bent out of shape. Just practice that look of disdain you knew so well when you were 12. (laughs) No. Uh, Stop Mm. being so easily offended. (laughs) Just be a cool girl. Just be a guy's girl. Let them poke your boob and make a fart joke. And if it just... If it distracts you from work, like, you've given in. God, don't be a baby and go to HR about it, you big baby. Boys will literally be boys. And (laughs) you, be a girl. (laughs) But a cool girl, not like other girls. Not a tattletale girl. Yeah, you be a cool girl and then um, frame him for murder, control his life, and do not abdicate. (laughs) Play the long game. (laughs) So Judy's husband, Jerry, said, do you want to know why I'm in such a terrible mood? I turned around and looked at him. I'd never seen him look quite so miserable. I sat down on the bed, looked up at him and gave him my best sympathetic look. Around noon today, he began holding his tie in his hands. The damn zipper on my pants broke. No big deal. I buttoned my suit jacket over it. At lunch, I went to my law secretary, and I asked if he had a needle and thread I could borrow. I figured I could repair the problem with a quick sewing job. Apparently, the law secretary did indeed have a needle and thread, and he gave them to Jerry. Jerry then went into the men's room to do the repair. He took off his pants so he could do the sewing, and was standing there in a shirt, tie, and suit jacket, busy with the needle and thread. Suddenly, the door to the men's room swung open, and two burly Secret Service agents came in. They had an office on the same floor of the federal building as Jerry did. I was never so mortified in all my life, Jerry said. Jerry, Jerry, don't be ridiculous. I'm sure they understood. Jerry locked his eyes on mine. Then he said, you think they understood this? And then he dropped his pants. My gorgeous husband of six months is wearing a pair of my lacy pink bikini underwear. And I'm a size two. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, Duarte. So the truth came out. He'd never done his laundry. As I said, you can't teach the bull to dance. When he ran out of underwear, he started wearing mine. Duarte always does his own laundry. <laughs> offended by this you little freak what are you doing (laughs) he is so mad at this book advisory and suggest some stuff to read instead of or in addition to this book and Duarte says do not read this book no do not read this book um I I already compared 
Judy and RuPaul. I do think RuPaul's book, Guru, is better than this one. It has it has beautiful photos in it. It's, it's also not great, but it's better than this. <laughs> uh, and I also really recommend going on YouTube and finding clips of the drag queen Bianca Del Rio's impressions of Judge Judy from Snatch Game. That's the best. The best way nice. to experience Judy. Ooh. Oh, Nice. So um, good. And of course, uh, check out the book How to Be Fine by Kristen and Jolenta, obviously. Uh, what, what else would you guys recommend? I would recommend Dream More by Dolly Parton, another Ooh, very yeah. powerful woman, a great businesswoman, but also very compassionate. And she lays out clearly four rules for, you know, how to be more charitable, how to be more kind, how to be, um, you know, closer to making your ambitions come true. All of that stuff's great. But she would never call anybody stupid. She's there to cheer for you. She's Dolly. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have all of these and some other ones we didn't get a chance to talk about up on our website, worstbestsellers.com. And now it's time for The Rock Paper Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book. And I'll say who Wolverine from X-Men would be if he were in this book. And Kristen and Jolenta can choose which most enhances the book, or they can choose paper, which is to leave the book as is. <laughs> um, I honestly did not want to put The Rock in this book. So I think that as much as I appreciate my friend Steven teaching me how to pump gas i think that uh the rock should if i were to rewrite this book i would have the rock teaching me how to pump gas in it that that would be great sorry steven (laughs) wow well really rewriting history here yeah and you know the rock has been in multiple fast and furious movies so you know he's really good at pumping gas oh my gosh oh yeah If Wolverine were in this book, I think he would say, what goes up must come down and just throw Judy at the fucking window. (laughs) (laughs) But only like a second story window or like she'd land in a trampoline or something like she wouldn't die. But But the point would be made. (laughs) What if what if he did it while what if he threw up the book and then like slashed it as it came down? Yes, yes, yes. Also, that he would do both. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I think that's the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if he can do that, I'm probably picking him, even though The Rock knows a lot about cars. I I like that idea. um, But in my dream world, Wolverine and Rock, they're just too good for this. They they have nothing to do with this book. They have better things to do. They do. Mm. All right. I mean, I think whatever it is, the loser is Judy and also all victims of anything ever. <laughs> Anybody who's ever been in her courtroom. And yeah, uh, yeah all of and us. And anyone Mark. who's read this book. <laughs> well, let's hear Ooh. from a winner. Uh, my cat, Dorothy, <laughs> will share his opinions about this book. And and Dorothy has already been weighing in throughout because he was just so irked about this. And right. I mean that that little crack about getting reincarnated as squirrel, <laughs> I think, really pushed him over the edge because, of course, ideally you would want to be reincarnated as a cat. Number one, uh, and number two, uh, this is bad advice, and Dorothy doesn't care for it, and he's right. <laughs> just, just straightforwardly. <laughs> Yeah, Dorothy, thanks. Sorry for making you read this. I know you really struggle for this, and you you are the trunk of the tree of this podcast, and we all know it. So thank you. 
Do any humans have any closing thoughts? Um, no, just that you don't have to read this. That's all. Right. No. Don't. I was going to say, no need to pick it up. It's not even like that funny of an outrageous book. Like, yeah, not worth you it. You really don't have to. Yeah. Well, Kristen and Jolanta, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as we said, you can find their their new podcast, How Do We Find, in the same place that you found by the book, which is wherever podcasts are. Anything else? Any any handles or websites you want to drop for the people? Sure. You can follow us on Instagram at How to Be Fine Pod. And you can follow us on Twitter at By the Book Pod. And we always have our thoughts there about everything from books and self-help to cult leaders and questionable influencers. It's all there. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for bringing this book to our attention. I guess. I guess. <laughs> thank you. We're sorry. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank and you for the good content at great cost. <laughs> this has been so fun. <laughs> All right. And if you'd like to come talk to us on the internet, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Worst Bestsellers, spelled normally. And we're on Twitter at Worst Bestseller with no S, because actually in New Jersey and Oregon, it's illegal to have an extra S. And so it's um, it's in deference to that rule. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all of the places where podcasts are. And if you do find us there, please take a moment to rate and review. When you rate and review, it moves us up on the charts and makes it easy for new people to find us. And people who don't rate and review are stupid. Just kidding. <laughs> Not the men, obviously. Oh, God. Uh, you can also pledge to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worst bestsellers. Patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like keep our equipment up to date and pay for our web hosting. And in exchange, there are perks for you like stickers and postcards in the mail and a monthly uh, mini podcast about what we've been into lately. We also have merch available that you can find by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on the merch link there. And there are all sorts of things from our podcast that you can wear on your body. And finally, we do have a Discord server for fans of the show. You can go ahead to worstbestsellers.com as well uh, to find a link to join that. And you can chat with all sorts of people who are listening to the podcast about basically whatever you'd like. We'll be back in two weeks with The Other Boleyn Girl by Philippa Gregory. And it just makes me want to talk about Sixth Musical, so probably we'll be doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Dorothy's being such a fucking little freak right now. I can't. <laughs> I guess this is like his weeknight energy. I don't know. Um...